So Wendy, thank you. You're welcome, Sean. Thank you for, thank you for everyone for gathering this morning and for, and you know, we're sending love to Franco, uh, who is rarely ill. And as, as we know from studying the Vimalakirti Sutra, in these times we are sick because the world is sick. And also um, a little sick because I live sort of croupy children and um, they've been coughing all over me as I bobble and play with them. Four-year-old and two-year-old vectors, undeniable, cute, and absolutely contagious. So um, we are sick because the world is sick, and we show up. So thank you. Then thank you, uh, Maylee Scott, for this prayer and for your practice. Um, I've never read it during meditation. It was very powerful for me. Thank you. Um, this rising up. This morning, Jean and I talking. Let's practice with the prayer. And it, it can be annoying to have uh, guided meditation, but also, as Thich Nhat Hanh often reminded us, it is necessary because we wander. Come back to the core. Be a conduit. Um, and carry. You know, I, I, in this it's really sacred time, the balance of light and dark for maybe one half of an instant breath in and out, balance of light and dark. We feel this balance uh, in, in Middle Eastern cultures, the beginning of the year, sometimes during this time, agricultural year ends and begins. So fresh coming to life, new year, Jewish new year, dip an apple in honey, taste the sweetness Taste the truth of a bee's entire life in a teaspoon of honey. Taste that truth of balance of light and dark. This is the time to rebalance and come to closer to our attention. And I was feeling and thinking during meditation, reciting this, you know, practicing with this prayer, I was thinking of Meili once a week, spending the night at Concord Naval Weapons Station, cutting into her, as she says, Sue said so beautifully, pushing at one's sense of ease, the collective insularity of our practice, the kind of smugness of instinctive knowing what to do or thinking we know what to do, imbalancing that, unbalancing that, one night a week, showing up, sleeping on the ground, and a whip the weapons station. And so let's not say that it's too difficult to pronounce the word Zaporizia. Zaporizia. Zaporizia, where hot war is raging eight months in, in Ukraine at the ancient ancestral portage point on the Dnieper River, Zaporizhia, Cossack Scythian medieval history, crossing point, downriver, Zaporizhia, where that huge, largest nuclear power plant in Europe lit up along the war-torn shores of that river, Zaporizhia, southeastern Ukraine, old portage point 
downriver beyond the rapids. Let's unsettle our comfort zone and be present even with words we can't pronounce. Because practice matters that much. And, and I felt that yesterday, gathering at Green Gulch um, with practice leaders with whom I've been patchroll monk and monkesses willing to live and die together for almost 50 years practicing with Reb and Roos. I'm just going to speak their old, old-fashioned names. Reb and Roos and Nancy Schrader-Fu, Peter Rudnick, Wendy Johnson, Layla Smith. Sonia, Mikinsuki, and many, many others. Layla asked, and Fu invited her to gather now as she makes a turn from active engagement with cancer through traditional corporate medicine, through, pardon me, through um, putting down her course for a good number of months. She's been... um, taking in industrial medicine, taking in um, somewhat helpful, but uh, really destabling chemical therapy. And she's ending that, turning toward a different level of practice and being. She was there with her daughter who was born at Green Gulch 44 years ago, Sarah. And I'm thinking not only was Sarah born at Green Gulch, but Reb and Rusa gave birth to Taya in this month, then Steve and Leah to Hannah, then Kathy and Norman to the twins in January, then Layla and Jim to Sarah in March. And then not long after, June 22nd, Jesse was born to Peter and Wendy. These are the children of our practice, and they were present yesterday too, to witness Layla's commitment. And although she's walking, she's walking with her frontier um, determination with her poles, we walked down to the um, memorial site. She walked around and we um, stood there together. She's looking at the hill where her ashes will be, or some of her ashes. And then going into the Zendo to offer incense. And then outside on the sunny deck, loving her and tasting tea treat made of winter squash from the fields and hot tea and celebrating our life of practice. So many years and so many difficulties. I need not say to those who are gathered today. You're not turning away from that truth and looking again and again at Layla and her courage and feeling her commitment to heal old wounds and show up, drink tea together, willing to live and die together. So I'm feeling both hoarse and fierce this morning and utterly grateful for our practice and for stalwart showing up. Mainly Layla. You know, Layla, one year coming away from the steadiness of Green Gulch during Rohatsu when she wasn't, wasn't taking shelter in the Zendo and practicing Rohatsu, the big session of the year in December. She chose on a rainy, I think December 8th, Buddha's Enlightenment Day. She went to Muir Woods 
outside of Muir Woods, and she found her place underneath a giant cryptomeria tree planted outside of the gate of the woods and sat all day long in the rain under that tree. Now, this is the kind of practice that shows up. And everyday life. So this is our call to action. And um, I'm extremely grateful to be present this morning and the balance of light and dark and call up dear friends and known and unknown, born and to be born and to, and to rededicate ourselves to practice. So thank you, Jean. Thank you, Heart of Compassion Holding the Rock. It's beautiful, stony, beautiful rock bound with soft cord, keeping it in my hands during the meditation. How a rock transmits heat and keeps going and also helps us settle, rising up and settle. So don't waver. We're, we're at a portage point, ancient and dangerously new. Don't waver. Continue under all circumstances. Thank you, Layla Smith. Thank you, Wendy Johnson. How fitting that the photograph of Maley Scott that I sent in my second email last night, the one telling you that Frank will be next week. He is ill this week and uh, was sorry to miss us. He offered to show up sick, and I said no. I thought it would be fine if he came next week. Um, so this photograph of Maylie Scott which I wish I could share the screen right now but it's going to be too complicated I'm not going to do that um, I looked very closely what she's holding her her smile and this uh, hands offered she's holding a little baby owl and I said oh how fitting Yes, the owl is a sacred bird to me. It's a complex uh, totem in many different traditions. Um, many of us might think of it as wisdom. Others have seen it as perhaps uh, a harbinger of death. So I thought it was fitting because it was a baby and I remembered that I had read once in uh, a book by Shohaku Okamura um, the Realizing Genjo Cohen book that when Dogen uttered his famous teaching to study the self is to forget the self I remembered that uh Okamura, who is a, a scholar, uh, a linguist, uh, pointed to that the ancient kanji 
term for study of the self. Um, combined self with the meaning of wings of a bird. So that the study of self becomes like a baby bird learning to fly. A self with wings. The deeper self taking flight. The self flying away. And as I was contemplating Maley's prayer and have been with it these last few weeks, I have, it seems often, uh, alighted um, on the word conduit. Conduit, it kind of helps me fly away. Uh, I looked up the etymological history and it goes back, you know, I love to see when things are 13th century, 15th century, how they were used then. And it's always been throughout a word meant to guide, to accompany, to show the way. It's from the Latin conductus, um, to lead, to bring together, to contribute, to serve. It also means always with that first C-O-M in a word, with, together. So, to guide, we have wings that guide us, these Dharma wings that accompany us without us even knowing. They're there showing us the way with us, together. Though there is also a way in which being a conductor um, also carries something. The wings are not empty. Uh, they convey and they transmit something. In some cases, we know it's energy, it's electricity, it's wind. And it's often used in a way that means that there's some sort of implication of a, a being that's sort of personally supervising something that's being transmitted. So here we are looking at conduit with, together and then I find in the 12th century French meaning of the word duit, D-U-I-T which some of you may be able to pronounce who know French to be a pure channel so this word conduit when I have been practicing with this prayer, it focuses me. It helps me into a kind of pure, simple, elegant channeling of the way I want to show up. 
What are we transmitting when we show up? What's the expression of our service as a heart of compassion, Zen Sangha? It's the question I've been asking and asking us for these weeks. What does our practice bring forward in our relationships? Our relationships with friends, with family, with community? How are we showing up in the world? Wendy was saying to me, heart of compassion sangha, activism, compassion. Yes, yes, how does that look? What is it that's producing a pure channel, a practice? What are our wings? What's our contribution together with? How are we guiding, showing the way? I know that there are relationships in our Sangha where people are starting to think about doing some sort of practice some sort of study together. That's exciting to me. Fertilizing each other, encouraging each other, being a conduit, transmitting, opening our hearts to this kind of conductive energy, the kind that receives and gives sympathy and understanding and moves us towards others freely with openness. It's really hard with all the suffering there is today to turn towards each other to ask, what is your suffering? Remember that line in the Mary Gulliver poem, Wild Geese, tell me your despair and I will tell you mine have someone say that to us is such a gift tell me about your despair really really how are you not how are you doing no it's more like hey hi in there I remember Ram Dass used to you know put his face right up to people hey you in there hi it's me So this word chosen by Meili, conduit, is at the heart of all of our bodhisattva vows, vowing to save all beings, to be between heaven and earth with all beings, to end all delusions, to open our lives, practice to the infinite Dharma offerings, walking through those gates together, realizing everything throughout space and time is Buddha, is us, all us, not separate. We vow to study the self and forget the self, to fly with each other, to share our wings, to share our teachings, our learnings, We've studied the Dharma of trees, 
We've studied a wild love for the world. We've studied climate upside down. We've studied generosity, morality, patience, energy, meditation, wisdom, the six paramitas. We've studied the Lojong teachings. Don't be in a hurry. Don't wait in ambush. Don't be swayed by external circumstances. Do good. Avoid evil. Appreciate your lunacy. Pray for help. So this metta prayer offers us help. It's very unusual. We don't hear the word prayer much in Zen, though it can be said that all of our chants are prayers. But this one particularly by an American, by a Zen priest, a peace activist, someone who cared deeply to engage herself and her practice in everyday life, which includes facing the hard things. This prayer offers us help continually cultivating the ground of peace. Just feel the energy continually cultivating ground of peace. It's in Wendy's voice as she did the meditation. Doing good, avoiding evil, appreciating, actually accepting your lunacy. Isn't that a relief? Yeah. Yeah, I have my crazy moments, don't you? Yeah. And if we try and kid ourselves that we don't, we're missing the point. Just giving ourselves over to receiving and also offering help to be a pure channel. I wanted to give us all plenty of time today to discuss this, to share with each other, not just our despair, but how are we bringing forth this pure channeling conductive energy in this moment of autumnal equinox being right in between we are conducting from the past through the present into the future what are we conducting what is the service we're bringing forward This is important, not because we have to be showy about it or that it has to be written about or that it has to be something that everybody else knows about, but for today, 
Let's share this intimate withness with each other. What are we bringing forward? What in our relationship to self, but mostly also to others, are we bringing forward, showing up for today? So we're going to take 20 minutes in our breakout groups and then come back. Please do use the time equally. I will try to put the broadcast message into the chat shows up in your room. The questions again are what am I bringing forward as service into my life, but also into the life of my friendships, my family, my community, into the world? I thank you all for being here and for listening and being our Sangha.